1: We are back on the Rational Boomer podcast, and on this podcast, we're happy to welcome back Ed. It's been a long time. You went on a trip. I went on a trip. Things didn't match up. But finally, we're back together on the Rational Boomer podcast.
0: Yeah, I took the opportunity to revisit the cradle of democracy, and I say that because uh, three of the first five presidents... Uh, all lived or uh, in the area of Charlottesville, Virginia. So my wife and I paid a visit over there and visited uh, the homes of Jefferson, Madison, and Monroe and took in a a, a bunch of lectures and, and so forth. And uh, in relation to that, uh was reminded of some things I knew and also found out some things I didn't know. Um, I'm happy to report that, um, uh, the tour I took uh, close to 50 years ago is uh, at uh, Monticello has been changed to a degree in that the, uh, the, the topic of slavery is, is very prominent, and many of the people um, who uh, made the plantation possible and so forth are featured. And I'm sure it drives conservatives crazy, but it, it was very informative to me.
1: God forbid we talk about slavery. That would just make Whitey look bad
0: exactly yeah uh it, it did remind me that uh whereas um the um intellect of uh the three i mentioned was prodigious and they had a lot to do with uh, uh getting the country going and so forth they certainly had their failings and the people who did the work were mostly black so uh there we go i mean uh uh, Jefferson was able to spend time in his study thinking about stuff because uh, he had uh, black people running his plantation and cooking his food, cleaning his clothes, and of course uh, you know uh, doing other things if your name happened to be Sally, but um, right. uh right uh, Madison was a little more uh um, little uh, less shall we say, uh, kinky in that way. I, I I came to a greater appreciation of him for a number of reasons. And Monroe, I knew very little about except that uh, the Monroe Doctrine. But he, he actually seemed pretty be a pretty decent guy in a sense. But they all had slaves, and they were men of their times. And um, we can be somewhat, uh, we can take them with a grain of salt or two in that they had some good ideas uh, and, and helped to get the country going. But at the same time, they had major failings as people.
1: Well, in Vermont, there was a lot of historical things, you know, old things there. And I think the most exciting thing I found, well, I won't say it's the most exciting, but I did get to stand outside Bernie Bernie Sanders' office in uh, Main Marketplace in downtown Burlington, which is a beautiful area. It's a very, very nice area. But we were looking in in in, in the building because you can't just walk in the front door. There's buzzers. And we could see that Bernie's um, offices were on the third floor, which is the top floor. And there was a buzzer for Bernie's office. And I said to my wife, I said, I'm going to ring Bernie's buzzer, <laughs> see if he'll talk to me. So why would he want to talk to you? I go, well, that guy is the rational boomer OG. Of course he yeah. wants to meet me. He said, She said, what are you going to say? I said, I don't know. I'll just buzz it and go. What up, B dog? In? She says, you're not doing that. I said, well, come on, it'd be funny. She says, no, you're not doing that. She does that a lot to me over my lifetime, and probably saved me a lot of embarrassment and some jail time. Yeah, 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 no doubt. Well, the the news that hit hit the presses just a moment ago uh, was that Steve Bannon was sentenced for not complying with a subpoena from the J6 committee, and he was sentenced to four months in prison.
0: Yeah, I was hoping for the death penalty, but I'll take that.
1: (laughs) Well, you know, going into this, the prosecution was asking for six months. Uh, Bannon, of course, was asking for zero months. So it sounds like the judge kind of compromised, gave him four months. Now, what what, what you have to understand is the real parameters in this particular crime could be up to a year in prison yeah. and a bare minimum of 30 days. He was going to have to serve a minimum of 30 days, so four months uh, it's a reasonable compromise. It isn't that big a crime, really, compared to some of the other stuff going on. He'll have to pay a fine of what, like six thousand five hundred dollars, which he can probably grift tomorrow by selling some food supplement with his signature on that motherfucker. So I'm not worried about this. But here's here's the problem that concerns me about this, because um, they're always giving deference to these Trumple fucks. He was sentenced to four months, but they're allowing him to stay out of prison until he finishes appeal of course he's going to appeal it that's what that's what these fucks do they delay 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 and they always lose and and he isn't going to win this appeal so he's out for the time being until he gets through his appeal and I, I personally because he's such a dangerous man in this country they should have put him in jail asAP and shut that motherfucker up
0: yeah, welded the door shut for sure. Uh, the, the judge was a Trump appointment. Uh, I think he had to kind of walk a really tight rope here. Uh, the uh, most people were expecting perhaps six months. Four is, of course, in the ballpark. Uh, the fine is less than it might have been, also. But as you say, the big uh, the big cave-in is to let him stay out of jail while he appeals, um, but he will lose, of course, and will eventually have to do four months of jail. I, I assume unless somehow he wheedles something else, but I, I've been spending my time while I was waiting, waiting for you to get ready for dog and conservatives on Twitter. Cause they're all saying, I stand with Steve Bannon and I put just don't stand too close.
1: <laughs> yeah. That motherfucker looks like he smells. I don't know. It's just yeah. me. Um, but the interesting thing is is that some people will be concerned, well he only got 4 months Steve Bannon deserves more than that. Don't don't get worried about that because this is probably the least of Steve Bannon's problems. We know now that he was in the mix with the insurrection. We know now yeah. that the DOJ has a grand jury investigating all this shit, looking at emails and and texts and stuff. Steve Bannon is going to be caught up in that mess, too, and he's likely to be indicted for something far greater than not complying with a subpoena. He's going to be indicted for, you know, treason or insurrection or obstruction or something. And all of those carry terms of 20 years. So while Steve Bannon might be talking shit now, don't worry about they're going to get him.
0: Yeah, a couple of other things we should mention too, and since long as they're in same Ballpark, I, I think you've addressed this one already, but I will bring it up real quick. Uh Lindsey Graham uh, lost again. Um yep. he he's trying to say, I, I don't wanna I don't wanna testify in Georgia because I was acting in my official capacity, which is of course crap. And the the judge agreed it was crap and he's been ordered to uh He'll appeal that again, of course, if he can, I suppose. But at this point, he just keeps losing, boom, 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 right down the road. He will eventually have to testify. And quite frankly, I mean, he should be charged at that point uh, for uh, trying to uh, – for the same thing Trump is going to be charged with because now we have to – we get the Eastman emails, and he has already basically uh, admitted that – uh, he's already signed a, a, an affidavit saying that the uh the numbers uh, the, the the cheating he he gave numbers that are demonstrably false he was told they were false and he repeated them anyway ad nauseum so yeah. so that was a, a very positive thing as well
1: well yeah but, that that's exactly right and basically this judge said in his mind that Donald Trump was guilty of lying to the courts. Like you say, um, he was spewing all these facts about election fraud and such. Eastman came to him and said, yeah, you can't do that because it's not true. It'll just get you in trouble. And of course, Donald Trump just set that aside and says, I'm going to do it my way because I'm smarter than anybody in the world. Now, he... Didn't write this document, but he signed the document. It is an affidavit. It's under oath. It is perjury if you sign that, and it's a lie, and you know it's a lie. And through these text messages and these emails, that says exactly that. He was signing something that was a lie because he thinks he can bullshit his way through anything. Well, this one's going to bite him in the ass. Uh, this one is certainly going to bite him in the ass. And Lindsay, I think the only thing Lindsay can do right now is appeal to the Supreme Court. I think I that's, a,
0: right. I think that's yeah. the
1: next step. And we know how well it went with Donald Trump when he appealed to the Supreme Court. You see, yeah, pretty, I mean, they have enough well, trouble. Yeah. They ain't going to fuck with this frivolous piece of shit
0: yeah and, and and it's just it's it's ridiculous that he would even go to that length because he he is guaranteed to fail because he was not obviously not acting in an official capacity as a senator it was totally unrelated to anything that he would be doing as a senator we've known that from the beginning no court is going to sustain that anywhere anytime um the uh one more thing that that uh It's not exactly related, but it sort of is. And that's uh, um, the British prime minister has now resigned. And uh, a great number of people are saying, well, what the conservatives will probably do is bring back Boris Johnson. Now, (laughs) I don't know if you're familiar with the English commentator, Ed Luce. He writes for the Financial Times and he's on TV quite a bit. He referred to that as, quote, a dog returning to its own vomit. I saw that. I saw that. <laughs> that, that was awesome. I
1: love the English when they come up these little analogies. They're fucking awesome yes. at it. But, you know, you know, people have asked me, why aren't you talking about this trust lady and how she's getting Because I don't fucking care. We've got enough shit in this country. I don't know enough about politics in England. I don't understand the queen and now the king thing. And then you got a prime minister and they bounce in and out. There's no fucking elections. They just kind of come in and they kind of go out. Boris Johnson comes in. He's a fucking nutcase. They compared him to Donald Trump. They run him out on a rail. They bring this woman in. And six weeks later, they're going, yeah, not so much. Let's bring Boris back. The guy we ran out on a rail. I, I don't fucking get it. And 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 I apologize. I may be being stupid about this because it may have some ramifications on this country. I just don't fucking
0: care. Should I care, well, Ed? Yeah, you should. Uh, the um, ramifications for for are, there are two things to care about. Number one, even Boris before her and even she supported us in our support of Ukraine. Uh, So that's 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 important that uh, we maintain uh, NATO especially maintains a a united front against Russia right now. So that was good. And and, uh, uh, Joe Biden actually, uh, you know, uh, gave her props for doing that. Right. But what took her down was the standard uh, the standard uh, Republican response to everything. Which has cut taxes on rich people, and right. it almost made their economy collapse. Right, so, right. So um, it, it is—it's uh, a warning to us that that's what the Republicans would uh, uh, probably try to do once again, and it could have the same effect for us. As a matter of fact, they've promised that. Uh, Kevin McCarthy has basically promised that the next time the debt ceiling comes up, if they have the numbers that they will definitely uh, cause the country to default, to go into this major financial collapse so that they can get rid of the quote entitlements, meaning social security, Medicare, and so forth. And if, uh, if you're listening to my words right now, and that doesn't send it chills up your spine, it should. They're willing to destroy our economy in order to claim power again and to destroy the social safety net, which is something they hate, even though a large portion of their voters depend on it uh, this uh, this to me is enough reason to lock these guys up and throw away the key i, I They should be rounded up and and um, put away somewhere because they're dangerous fools
1: let, let me let me ask you this. this this is one thing I haven't understood about the Republicans in the last year or two years. They overturn Roe v. Wade. They say they're going to get rid of Medicare and Social Security and Medicaid. They want to crash the economy. They want to do all these things. Now, maybe I'm old-fashioned, but if you want to win an election, you don't want to be exposing this shit. If you are actually intending to do this, wouldn't you want to keep it on the DL so you get power and then fucking do it? Why do you say the quiet shit out loud? Is it because they're stupid? or because they know their followers are stupid. I don't know which it is, but it doesn't seem to be a good strategy going into an election.
0: Well, there are two kinds of people who support Republicans. As you say, the stupid who don't know any better, who only watch Fox News, listen to OAN if they even do that. It's probably just Fox, or they go online to these off-the-wall Q-influenced conspiracy um websites and uh, uh youtube videos and that sort of thing or they just don't pay attention right right they think they they treat politics as uh, a team sport uh, my team right or wrong forever i'm My granddaddy was a Republican, so I'm a Republican and I'm going to vote R and I don't need to know anything else except to push the R button. That's part of them. And then you've got the people who actually benefit from being a Republican and they're mostly rich people and and, uh, involved with corporations and so forth. And I think what's going on here is a hubris where they really believe they can't lose because they own the media, they own the courts they think they can own the house, if not the Senate, they know they can't get the presidency yet, but if they can get the house and Senate, there's uh, they can do things like shut down the January 6th, uh, investigation and so forth. So there it's hubris on their part that they, they can get this done because they have the money. They have Mm -hmm. pretty much all the money. Uh, and that was one thing that was brought home to me and in my little visit to, uh, Charlottesville um, um, Hamilton has been kind of on the rise as one of the founding fathers what with the Broadway show and everything and uh, he was very much into founding the Bank of uh, the United States and was very much into the financials, pretty much created our financial system. Opposing him was of course uh, um, not only Jefferson but Madison, particularly Madison and his reason was that he saw the accumulation of capital money uh too much of it in one place always leads to tyranny. And he's one hundred percent right. And that's what we have now is tyranny of the corporations and uh rich people and the oligarchs who can take who control not only vast fortunes of their own but but major corporations, whether it be Amazon or uh or uh any of the other really big ones that uh have so much power. Um because they've been declared to be people, and they can spend as much as they want, right. and we don't, uh, and there's nothing to stop that, and they have it to spend, and they can outspend as ten to one. So I think that's probably what it is—just a lot of hubris that they can't be beaten.
1: Yeah, yeah. It, but 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 you know, we were talking about Steve Bannon, and and when Steve Bannon came out of the courtroom, he walked up to a a, a mic. Looking like a drunken, slovenly, fucking dictator, and he was ranting and ra- 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 raving a la Mussolini. You know, that's his that's yeah. his game. I'm going to scream and yell, and the louder I say it, the more people will believe it. And of course, what he went ranting on about is uh, the midterms, the red wave. They're going to take over. We're not taking this anymore. We're going to fight like hell. And 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 then we're going to impeach Merrick Garland and Joe Biden and all this stuff, the illegitimate reign of Joe Biden, all this shit. He's saying this, and now there are some people, some of the dumb of us, will believe this. But I have to remind folks, this kind of rhetoric, this kind of ranting and raving, happened with Steve Bannon and all the other Trump lefucks prior to the 2020 election. None of what they said came true. After the 2020 election, Donald Trump's going to be back in office. They're all going to jail. They're pedophiles or whatever. He was ranting and raving, and he was so sure that this was going to happen, but nothing happened. So what I'm saying is he can say whatever he wants about the midterms. It's just about his own fear, because if the Democrats do take over, he and all his buddies are fucked. They're probably fucked anyway, because you know you talk about J6 committee and 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 if they get power then they'll shut it down i think the J6 committee will be shut down well before that anyway uh they've got uh to what 2 months after the election they can do a lot of shit up through january and they're going to wrap this but, thing up that but once it gets to the doj it doesn't matter who's in fucking congress
0: well, it does in that they can uh, they control the purse strings, so they could uh, de quote defund the Department of Justice or at least cut funding so that they would have to um, cut other priorities in order to focus on January sixth. Would they do that? I would hope they would, but that that requires them to get both houses of Congress, I believe. Um, I don't think they can just do it in the house, but I'm not sure. It, it's still up in the air. I mean, what it comes down to is I think they think with Social Security especially is that you have a lot of young people who really don't believe they'll ever benefit from it. And that, and when I say young, I'm talking people in the 40s even right. who think it will be gone. I will never be able to do it. So what the fuck? You know, I, I just have to try to find other ways to do it. I mean, it wasn't that long ago the Republicans were tell us, telling us, well, Social Security is only supposed to be one leg of a three-legged stool. You should also have a 401k and a pension or whatever, uh, some sort of thing that uh, it was never meant to be your total retirement. Well, now they're, you know, they're. Want to get rid of it. They're calling it an entitlement and claiming it's a budget buster, which, of course, it's not. It's never yeah. been tied to the budget, never will be. Even We've got Reagan giving a nice speech about that thing and always play that it's uh, never been a part of it. But uh, I think they know that business owners from day one have been wanting to get rid of Social Security because they have to match what the employee puts in or they right. have to put a portion in it's not an exact dollar for dollar match but it's it's something that they have to do for each and every one of their employees and that means that that is not profit then that is an obligation to them um so they want to stop doing that Now, you could say, well, just let people put in, just give people back what they put in. But of course, they won't want to do that, because then they'll say, well, no, it's just a tax. It's not a guaranteed savings plan. You know, they have their their way of doing, but I think they're out now. They're out to do this. They want to do it. And it's not going to stop with this election. It's going to keep coming back. And if they ever get a presidency in both houses of Congress, they will do it.
1: Let me let me ask you something though. <laughs> I always take these kind of claims with a grain of salt cuz in the 80s and 90s when I was in my 20s and 30s people yeah. were constantly telling me and also parroting what they hear that uh yeah social security won't be there when you get there. I mean this this kind of talk has been going on for 40 years. Yeah it's not going to be there when you get there. Even me at 62 Well, here are you and I now, both of us getting Social Security. I'm 62, you're 72. We're getting Social Security, even though they told us that we would never get it. And now they're telling people, young people, that they'll never get it, and they want to pass that along because, like you say, they want them to say, all right, let's let it go since I'm not getting it anyway. But the fact of the matter is, Social Security, Medicare, Medicaid, all this stuff impacts everybody, not just Democrats, but Republicans, too. There are people living on Social Security that happen to be fucking trump I got to think anybody comes in and takes away Social Security, takes away Medicare, takes away any of those kinds of rights. There's going to be a fucking rebellion in this country. You know, it, we, 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 people are, are going to so. stand.
0: Well, it's got to be. No, it won't be. I can tell you why. Um, I mean, it may be. I mean, I would hope that it would be, and I would hope we could shout loud enough to get everybody on the page to say that, to pick up their pitchfork and head for Washington. But the uh, what they would do is, let's say McCarthy gets the House back, and some weird shit happens so that they get 51 senators in the Senate, so they got both. And they come in and they say we're going to blow up uh, the debt ceiling, and uh, we default on our debt. So that means uh, that's what Social Security is—it's debt. There's no money there. Uh, there's no lockbox. When a Social Security dollar comes in, it's invested in the Treasury, an interest-bearing Treasury bond. All every dollar that comes in in Social Security is inter- is is. Um, it, it immediately stops becoming revenue and starts becoming debt because the actual dollar uh, is spent immediately, but you're given a bond for it. Or, you know, uh, over time, you're, you're, uh, you're, uh, your deductions are invested in bonds. Now, if you default on the bonds, then there's nothing to pay, there's no money there. You've defaulted. And that means that we would default not only because a large portion of the debt is owed to American citizens in that way. Uh, There's also quite a bit owed to China and Japan and Germany and other foreign countries. So um, they would get priority, then. you see. So uh, so if they could do what they plan to do, then you could lose social security very quickly. And, you know, they've already come close to rolling back Obamacare and that's, but they didn't.
1: Well I mean what's the what, what, what's but they the likelihood by one the,
0: vote, a Republican vote.
1: Right. But what's the what's the likelihood of that happening? In order for that to happen, they'd have to get the House and the Senate. If they only got the House, the Senate would shut anything down. And even if they lost the Senate, then uh, the, the bane of Democrats would become their, 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 uh, most valuable weapon. And that would be the fucking filibuster. That's the thing with American government. It's hard to get anything done, especially something that's earth shattering because there's always a safety net for these government officials and the Senate, especially with the filibuster. I mean, all this could happen. If they won big in the House, the Republicans, and if they won big in the Senate, but that that's not going to happen. I mean, there is nothing that shows they're gaining traction or getting more votes in the last two years. They've done nothing but hurt themselves the whole way.
0: Well, oh, I agree with you. And I'm saying this, this is slightly far fetched, but it's still something they want to do. And if, Absolutely. if, uh, if you know, if it was bad a moon rising time or something, it, it could happen. I, I don't believe they could blow up the death ceiling with just the house, which they might be able to take back. It's hard to say, but if they do, I think the most they could pick up is like 10 or 15 seats more, um, making us, um, you know, more even there, they certainly wouldn't have a majority enough to do anything in, right. in either the, either of the house or the Senate. And uh, fortunately uh, we have a president who would veto anything of uh, any serious nature, and they would not have the votes to override. So we're good for two years anyway. Right. Uh, and then we have to win the presidency again, of course, but uh, and maybe pick up some seats and so forth. I'm hoping that uh, the Roe v. Wade thing who, that got a lot of people out to actually register and get ready to vote if that hasn't been impacted by this artificial inflation that the corporations have foisted on us. And I want to get into that in just a bit uh, to back that up. But um, I'm, I'm hearing, you know, I'm hearing from the quote polls and a big air quotes around polls because uh, we know they're flawed. We've yeah, seen them of course that, they, that are. they are very flawed, and they treat them like they're they're gold and they're not. I mean, they're always reporting trends when there is no trend. When I look at a poll that has a margin of error of 4%, and they're claiming a trend that just isn't there. Um, and, and, uh, or it's uh, such a small sample. Uh, they were touting a the New York Times poll, and I looked, the sample was like 700 and some people. Give yeah. me a break. <laughs> That's doesn't tell you anything. Uh, who, who was home that day? You know, that's what it tells you. But um, I don't I don't trust the polls. But I, I do know that uh suburban white women did go for uh, Trump uh, in uh, against Hillary Clinton. Right. And I think they did against Joe Biden, too. And it was a large margin. And it probably has to do with uh, the economy, with uh well, I'm not sure what it has to do with because it's crazy. It's like, like shooting yourself in the foot all the time by voting Republican, and I do not understand it. But does it does it
1: change things now with with Roe v. Wade? Because these suburban women have children, and yeah, it, it it does. You know, the polls are one thing, but I think there's more a more definitive number that helps us get a sense of what's going on. Georgia had its early voting, and over a three uh, over a three day period of the early voting. There was like 425,000 people that voted that was unprecedented, that isn't that far behind the 2020 election, which is crazy for a midterm to have something close to a 2020 presidential election. And of those voters, 40% were people of color. Now, when you get that kind of vote turnout, that always benefits the Democrats, because there's more fucking Democrats than there are Republicans. You can talk about polls, and we don't know what's going to happen in Georgia, but for my money, that's a fucking hell of a sign. It tells me that people are scared, and they're coming out in droves to make sure the Republicans don't take over. And I think that's something we're going to see throughout the country.
0: Yeah, I'm uh, I'm I'm encouraged by that very much. Um, it, the waters are muddied a little bit by the fact that both of the Senate candidates are black. One of them is, is a, a, a highly respected minister um, following in the footsteps of Dr. Martin Luther King, and uh, the other one is uh, essentially a brain-damaged uh, poor fellow that uh, is being led by the nose by people who are uh, awful just to put him in that position. Um, and I'm talking about Herschel Walker here. Yeah, uh, yeah. He should not be running for any office because he is he is pathetic, quite frankly. He's he an can imbacist. crush my skull, but uh, but he's not he's not Senate material. He's not ha- you know it's he, fairly fairly common for being in the House. I mean, if you look at these people, most of them make Carneys look uh, look up respectable.
1: Right, you know, right the,
0: the house the house members are always come out of party machines and um, they're you know they're the guy who owns the local bar or something like that in a lot of places you know out in the hinterland where there are more gophers than people but uh, so the house is not a respectable organization it never has been, uh, except for Katie Porter. I'd like to talk about her in a minute,
1: okay. <laughs> Well, I was just going to say about Herschel Walker, it's amazing how things have changed over twenty twenty five years. It's so tribalistic right now uh, that you can't tell me the Republicans, that was the best candidate they could put up against uh, Warnock. I mean, it makes no sense. 25 years ago, this guy wouldn't last 10 minutes as a candidate. He would have been tainted and even the Republican party would say, get the fuck out of here. We got to get somebody that has half a brain, but still they stand by him in spite of the fact he is dumb. There is no question he is dumb. And, 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 and I think one of the reasons why the Republicans like him, other than he's endorsed by Donald Trump and why they like Donald Trump isn't because they are innately evil or they are innately smart about pushing along the Republican agenda. I think in the case of Donald Trump and Herschel Walker, they are um, willful idiots. The people who do have that evil in them, the people who have the intelligence know we put him in power and we can manipulate the fuck out of them. They did that to Donald Trump and that's what they intend to do to Herschel Walker. Should he get into the Senate? And that's what people have to understand. This guy is just a fucking sacrifice. He can look as stupid as he wants, but if they get him in, they can get him to do anything they want.
0: Yeah, that's, that's simply it, obviously. And uh, they may have messed up a little bit with Trump. Uh, yes, he's stupid about most things that people know. And yes, he's evil. And But he's a mobster. He's a mob boss. He, he works exactly the way every other mob boss does. And it, it, all you have to be is ruthless, not smart.
1: Right. And uh,
0: that that is Donald Trump um, all the way down uh, to his core, uh, pure ruthlessness. And uh, and I'm not sure they actually banked on that, that he was quite as ruthless as he is. But they're happy to exploit it if they can.
1: Well, the problem they have with Donald Trump and Herschel Walker is that they are so arrogant. They are so narcissistic. If they can't, Get their head around whatever they've told them to do. And if the people aren't savvy about manipulating these fucks, they're very easy to manipulate if you're smart. But remember when Herschel Walker or Donald Trump came out and says, yeah, I supported Herschel Walker. I talked him into it. And then narcissistic Herschel Walker said, no, he didn't. It was my idea. He couldn't possibly be presented as somebody else talked him into it. He's the genius. And Donald Trump and Herschel Walker both had that problem. When people start to push back and say, Donald, Herschel, do not think for yourselves. Just do what we tell you. And their narcissistic uh, tendencies get them to push back. That's where the problems come in.
0: Exactly. And and we've seen that with Trump and his lawyers, with them giving him good advice and him doing the opposite, because it didn't suit him to do it. You right. Know? I mean, this, is, this has been a godsend to us, quite frankly. If he'd gone along with smart lawyers, he'd probably be further along than he is, for sure. But uh, what we have to realize is that all of these people are mere puppets. They are marionettes. And the guys with the strings... Are these uh, uh, corporate managers and oligarchs and people that are so far behind the scenes, we may not even know some of their names. Right. And they, they are in, uh, they employ the best and the brightest out of law schools and so forth into their think tanks to do nothing except sit around all day and find a way to to uh, do away to, with democracy and to come up with these laws that then they send out to state legislatures which are quickly enacted because they're uh, all peopled by fools and uh, don't realize they're cutting their own throats. Um, I'm reminded of that this morning when I see that the State of Tennessee has decided they will not follow CDC guidelines and uh, uh, put the COVID vaccination in as a standard vaccination with all the others the kids get right. uh, because they, they like to see people die. Apparently, uh, they have politicized the disease to such a point that they would rather see people die than follow a common sense recommendation from the CDC. Uh, yeah. This is insane, and and uh, and yet and yet it 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 continues across the country, and we see hearings about uh, things that are going on in schools that are so far fetched that only a, a complete and total moron could believe it, and yet they're having hearings in state legislatures about it that they're putting cat boxes in the bathrooms for students who identify as cats.
1: Yeah, you know. Yeah, it's, it's, it it's a, it's amazing the shit they will come up with. They hear something, you know, and, and this is why I think, think we have so much trouble with the bass and other trumpla that maybe are a little above the bass. None of them take the time to watch anything directly. None of them take the time to read anything because they're basically lazy fucks. I think most of these people are informed by hearing what somebody else watched and then they repeat it to them and they repeat it to somebody else. And it's like the game of telephone. By the yep. time you get the story from one person because you're too lazy to dig it out yourself, what you've heard is a totally perverted story that's based on whatever the fuck who told you believes in and this is this is this is why I, i've said all along that this country the biggest problem in this country it's fucking ill-informed and and, and we've got yeah and it. the
0: wrong people go to ch- the, the wrong people go to church now yeah. i mean uh we've seen it for years and years and years As uh, mainstream people forego the churches, they're just not interested anymore. They don't go. They're falling on hard times. Every denomination is losing people except the evangelicals, and they're stronger than ever. And this message is mixed right in there with their pastor every morning hitting them that Joe Biden is of the devil and he's drinking baby's blood and laughing at them behind their back and that uh, Donald Trump is the white knight who's coming in to save us. I mean, this is out there. This this is it. This is this this 30% of Republicans who believe this crap. And that's a lot of people, Okay. And then you have 70 percent that believe the election was stolen because Fox News and, and people like that, that they do listen to, uh, tell them that that happened. It's still up there. It's still up there in the 70s. that Republic, These Republicans think the election was stolen. And if you do that, there's no hope for you. If, if you are that stupid. If you are that invested in this particular party, I don't know that you can be changed. But the only thing we have to do is hope we have more Democrats and there are few swaying voters that we can sway.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, as far as the divisiveness in this country, as far as people being ill-informed and stupid, I put a lot of blame on the media because all of them. Aren't interested in giving information. They're they're just trying to stir shit up. They're trying to uh, make to people to a certain
0: with extent. I agree with you.
1: They're trying to make people fearful so they watch more. They don't care about what's right. I mean, they love when it gives the possible worst possible scenario, whether it be a hurricane or or politics. They love that because it's good TV.
0: Yeah, I mean I, I was just listening to somebody the other day who was saying, yeah, it used to be we had five people working on a story and now you have a, a person with a microphone and a cameraman and you go to the scene, you shoot the blood, you say a few words and uh and and then you forget about it. You never go back to see uh, right.
1: uh
0: for example, the example they used was George Floyd and they they uh showed the uh press release from the police the next day that said uh, this guy was involved in an incident with police and and died of natural causes in a hospital the next day that's what they put out and if that young lady hadn't st- stood there and recorded that, and bravely faced them down, and recorded what went on. We would never have known about George Floyd. We would never have known that the guy kneeled on his neck for nine minutes. They would have just said uh, he died of the natural cause of the guy kneeling on his neck for nine minutes, right? right. But we didn't. Uh, we wouldn't have known that. So yeah, the the media is very complicit. Uh, They go the easy way. They don't put the resources that they once did in there. And they're also owned by corporations that will not allow them to tell the truth about anything that impacts the corporation or any other corporation for that matter. And uh, and that's where where we're stuck right now with a media that will occasionally report the truth, but it's mostly by accident than on purpose.
1: Well, and therein lies the problem. We've got a media that's obliged to big corporations and people with money. But we also have politicians, and I'm going to say the Democrats and the Republicans equally. They're obliged to people with money and big corporations. So we aren't making any decisions. It's the wealthy people making decisions for we middle-class people, and that's where it's fucked.
0: Yeah, and do you remember the the movie uh, Charlie Something's War? Uh, Tom yeah. Hanks about, yeah, about yeah. Afghanistan, and he's this Texas congressman who really got us involved in Afghanistan with you know facing down the Russians and uh, creating the Mujahideen and so forth. And uh, early on, somebody's. You know, says, "Why well, aren't you afraid of your constituents?" And, and I don't care about my constituents. I only care about these two rich retired lady, uh, Jewish ladies in Florida. That's where I get my money. You know, right. and the, and that's true. It's it just is very true. much true. You know, that this is the thing that everybody has their their money sources, and uh, they have to count out to them to a certain degree.
1: So our problems in this country are far bigger than just LaFox. Our Our entire system needs to be overhauled some way, and and that's just not going to happen. We've got to slowly but surely ease out of it and and inform people, but there's no way to inform people if the media is not willing to do it. They want them stupid. No,
0: well, I happened upon a, a video clip of Katie Porter, who is a, a uh, Democratic uh, Congressperson she's on the the uh, House Resources Committee. She may even be the chair of it now but she's awesome. uh, she was she was doing a whiteboard presentation and she had a guest, a financial expert, and she had it all on her whiteboards with graphs and so forth showing proving that uh, if your toothpaste went up a dollar fifty four per fifty four cents of that dollar is pure profit. And that's, that's across the board here in our, quote, recovery. Our, our inflation is 54% of inflation is corporate profit, and that's huge. Um, she also showed a previous recovery after a downturn. I believe it was a Great Recession in which the corporate profit margin was 11.7%, which is still a lot yeah. Okay. when you're talking about pure profit. But 54% is way more. <laughs> you know, even I can do that math, right? Well, I have not been able, there has not been one single media outlet that has featured this. She has not been a guest on any show. They have not shown this video. And it, it, it's compelling and it is it is it will convince you because it is the simple truth. What they've simply done is look at... Uh, the uh what it takes to produce an item or so forth and, and and then they've run the numbers on everything pretty much and they've come up with 54 percent that is strictly profit it is price gouging that's what it is and if you go to the supermarket and your dog food that used to cost five dollars now it costs six dollars and if you're uh, one lady I saw put up about this this movie candy that you get at Walgreens used to be 99 now it's a1.99 5four percent of that 54 cents of that dollar is pure profit because they can get away with it because the people have been told' told there's inflation. Right. And no media outlet is going to contradict that because they're corporate owned. And the corporation that owns them probably owns that dog food company, yeah. probably owns that movie candy company, probably owns the TV station and uh, oh, God knows what else. You well, know, it, they're all uh, so diversified now, but and, there's not like one thing.
1: And you have to understand that their efforts to do this is two-pronged. First and foremost, it's greed. I want to make more money. I can get away with it, so I'm going to do it. But there's also a political aspect of this. They want the yes. inflation to be high, so the Democrats will lose. They're trying to own the libtards. Very same thing with OPEC and Saudi Arabia, trying to limit oil production, so it will gra- raise gas prices, partially because of greed, but also partially to own the libtards. That's the problem here, our our our. our Government is being manipulated by big money, whether it be overseas or in this country. And that whole aspect has to change if we hope to find any sanity in this country.
0: Right, and that's why we have to do, uh, we have to get rid of the filibuster for one thing, and then we also have to change the court. We have to have 13 members of the court instead of nine, and they have to be appointed by Democrats. And the reason that is, is the, um the decisions that they have made and that they will continue to make, Citizens United being the big one, where they decided that corporations are people. And that was based on an 1889 footnote by a clerk who said he thought that uh, the judges would have determined in this case, it was a railroad case, that a corporation is a person, which right. is in totally and completely a fallacy. It has never been that way. A corporation has never been anything but a convenient fiction that allows people to put money together and act as one so that they can be held accountable in court or not. It is a fiction. There is no such thing as a corporate personage. It's only a group of people who have this kind of figurehead that allows them to operate as a group and so forth but any any uh supreme court justice uh, and it, with this case it was judge roberts uh, who wrote the opinion uh they should be thrown out because it is just uh, he, he used the right flowery language and he he had the numbers to get it done. And it was a huge thing, and it needs to be redone. But it can only be done if we can get a liberal court somehow or other. But it has to be, we have to destroy these corporations. Teddy Roosevelt did something similar with the trusts, in which he saw this accumulation of money gave them total power. And it really does. Money is power, and the more we allow them to accumulate it, whether their name is uh, Musk or 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 any other oligarch because that's what they are if they have the money they can do it and that's why we need to get rid of hedge funds and we need to get rid of uh uh, private equity firms because they have this gigantic amount of money that they can actually sway the stock market with they can make it go up they can make it go down uh, uh to benefit their candidates and and we are at that mercy. The only way to do it is to, of course, beat them with the numbers, which is what we did to get Joe Biden in office. Right. But at some point, uh, some point, some president is going to have to pull up Teddy Roosevelt and stand up and say, these are the bad guys. These are the guys who are sucking all the money out. These are the guys who want to do away with the social safety net, because so you will have to work for the pennies that they will give you so they can pull all the jobs back from China. And, and save those transportation costs, because you'll have to work for the pennies now, right. not some Chinese guy, in, in, uh, uh, because that's that's their aim. And it's been planned. It's been planned since the 70s. In the 70s, they threw the switch, and they turned on the industry in the foreign countries that they had built when we weren't watching, and they closed them down here.
1: Right. right.
0: And, and, uh, and now they would like to bring them back. Uh, in order to um, make people here work for those wages and not have to pay benefits or social security or anything. And you work till you die. That's what it comes down to. All right, Ed, let's
1: take a quick break and we'll be right back.
0: This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Window. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com.
1: We are back. Ed is with us on the program today, the Rational Boomer podcast. And Ed and I being on kind of a rant here, we've got a lot of stuff (laughs) <laughs> to talk about, uh, and and we were talking about corporations before we took the break, and and Ed says, "I'm not done kicking corporations' asses, so let's <laughs> let's proceed."
0: All righty, um, you've heard about, uh, maybe you haven't. Uh, this has kind of been under the radar a little bit. I've I've seen it in several places, but uh, Kroger, you've heard of Kroger, right?
1: Certainly, yeah. We don't have them around here, but places i've been they have kroger
0: right and you may actually have kroger and not know it because they control a lot of grocery stores that just have different names okay oh okay. Um, that are un- they have uh, i think they have something like 15 different uh um uh, grocery store chains that are actually all under the the uh Kroger Corporate Banner. They just don't go by that name. So my um, guess is you probably have some. Uh, do you have Albertsons there?
1: Don't. We don't.
0: Okay. Well, you may. <laughs> because <laughs> Albertsons is another umbrella corporation that has a number of uh, of other um, stores with different names uh, chains that are under their umbrella as well. Okay. Uh, they're the I believe these are the top 2 in the country, right? I know Kroger is Albertsons close if not number 2, right? Kroger has just announced they're buying Albertsons. Wow. For cash. For cash. This is a cash deal. It's like a, a gazillion dollar deal. Cash deal. Kroger's buying Albertsons. So what does that mean to you? That means less choice for you because right. Kroger now will uh, will be able to control what all of those, not only the ones they own, but the ones that Albertsons owns. And corporate consolidation is a big problem for one reason. Uh, I don't know if you know much about the free market. I will admit that I'm a little cloudy about it. I, I've got a fairly decent idea about it. But in anything that has to do with the free market, competition is one of the legs. Absolutely. Well, what corporate America is doing, has been doing for a considerable amount of time, is removing competition from the free market. They just buy their competitor. Uh, that way they don't have to compete. and and. You remember the old gas wars, right? Uh, every now and then, two gas stations across the street from each other would get into a gas war and one would lower it two cents and the other guy would do that, make it three cents down. Before you knew it, I think the most ever, the, the best deal I ever got was 15 cents a gallon because uh-huh. of a gas war. That was back in the 60s. Well, when corporations do the same sort of thing, it's not quite so dramatic, but they, you know, they will hedge the price here and there, and it's always good for consumers when you have two that are competing. But in this case, uh, and it's not just grocery stores that are doing this, but the, the figure I have that in the current, quote, inflation-ridden wilderness that we are in, the top three grocery store chains made a profit, a profit of $2.3 billion, and that is $238 million more than last year right. so they they are scoring big time and it's just what we were talking to katie porter was talking about in her presentation uh, that most of what's going on here or at least half of it more than half of it is pure price gouging profit taking by corporations there there is some obviously some real inflation there we're seeing it in other countries for sure but uh, Britain right now is above ten percent. We're at eight point two percent. Two months ago, for two months in a row, we were at eight point three. We dropped down by eight point two. So we're actually going in the right direction here. And if you took away that fifty-four percent profit, see, this is above their normal profit. Okay, this right. is profiteering.
1: Right. Uh,
0: if you give them their normal profit, which last year was. Uh, was 238 billion less than they got this year? That that would be okay. They could make their profit, okay. But no, no, that's not good enough for them. They want to have this piling on. They want to get these uh, this huge windfall profits. And there's a way to deal with that, and that's with the windfall profits tax. Which, if the Democrats remain in power, I'm sure we'll see at some point right i mean right. they hate biden because he's already said uh, these corporations have to pay at least 15 percent. you know i mean that's in the works that's for sure and they hate that because right. they've paid nothing essentially but uh this is this is what's going on and and if the more consolidation that we allow the worse it gets it gets i i when i uh, when i went to college i went to to East Tennessee State University. And as you approached the college back then, there was this row of empty buildings. And they all had, if you walked along, because we used to walk by them to get down to Dairy Queen, and you would see that they had all once been manufacturers of soda pop. And uh, they had lots of names that you've never heard of. And the reason they weren't in business anymore is that the big guys, Pepsi Pepsi and Coke right coke um bought up all the shelf space right they would go into a supermarket and they would pay for shelf space and eventually it got to be just between the two of them and rc cola and they eventually got rid of rc cola for the most part because they would do they would buy up the shelf space and it was really then just a, the two of them banging heads against each other And all of these other small distributors couldn't get shelf space, so they couldn't sell their wares. And um, that's where they went. They went out of business. If you go into a supermarket now and you go down any aisle, you will see that you are limited to a very few manufacturer's products. If there are 10 kinds of mayonnaise, they'll be between Hellman's and uh, Hunt's or whoever else or ketchup. You know, it'll be two or three manufacturers. Manufacturers, and that's right. what goes on. They eliminate their competition, so they cannot affect the price. The competition has nothing to do with the price now. Well, so uh, that has to change. The corporations have to be destroyed, broken up. Well, in
1: 1973, I was a bag boy at Kittleson Super Value in uh, in on Lake Street in South Minneapolis. So. I know pretty much everything there is to know about the grocery business <laughs> right. but but one thing i've always i'd always heard about the grocery business is that typically their profit margin is smaller than most other businesses because it's food you got perishables, you got all that stuff I don't know if that's true, but we be. yeah, it used to be now we've seen problems with people taking over the markets, like you said, soda pop. Uh, We also saw it with the phone companies. Remember when they broke up Ma Bell? That was back in the 70s. They broke that up. Um, You mentioned Teddy Roosevelt, who did the antitrust things. and um, We've seen this before. We're seeing it in the media, even. Back in the day when you and I were young and starting out in radio, there were limitations as to how many radio stations and TV stations you could buy in a given market. Well, they took those restrictions off. So now we have one or two companies owning a bunch of radio stations and impacting whatever information or entertainment that the people get. But here's the most insidious thing about what you're saying. It's one thing if you want to price gouge pop or even media, because you have some options there. You don't have to drink pop. You don't have to watch the media, but when they're going to do it with groceries They've got you behind the eight ball. You've only had so many grocery stores nearby you and you shop at the normal places you shop. But if they're together now and not even colluding, they're just raising prices because they can and people are going to have even a harder time to buy food. That's a fucking huge problem in this country.
0: Yes it is. Let me give you an example here. Uh the the third precinct in Minneapolis and people may remember because it was burned down during the George Floyd um, uh, right. riots or uh, uh protest in, in uh Minneapolis. Right. And right across the street from it, there was a Target, which used to be my Target. See, I lived in that neighborhood about a mile from the third precinct, where you grew up, essentially. Right,
1: Right. I know Uh, very um, well.
0: A very working class, uh, uh, um, liberal, uh, you know, more like a um, union kind of neighborhood, right? And 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 with a mixture of guys like me, who didn't want to drive out to the suburbs and, and moved into the city um, and it was a nice quiet uh, not much crime just a great little neighborhood right well i would drive down to this target and i was in there one day and and it, it also surrounding that target was uh powder horn and um other neighborhoods that had had more uh, a, a little bit i don't want to say lower class; it's just lower income people yeah, who have who right. lived, lived there there were a part in the buildings where you could get an apartment a reasonable amount and so forth and um i'm in line and there's uh in front of me there's a there's a black guy and in front of him there's this guy in a suit and the guy in the suit has a jug of uh, washer fluid for his car now it's obvious he he just stopped at this target because he had run out of washer fluid and he probably didn't live in this neighborhood or know no much about it right and um and he puts it up on the counter, and the girl says "That's dollar ninety nine plus tax and he goes, "What I just bought a jug of this at a target in my neighborhood two days ago. I guess he uses a lot of washerfoot, and uh, it was ninety nine cents and you're going to charge me a dollar The black guy in front of me laughs and goes, You in the hood now, <laughs>
1: yeah, well, and that's actually <laughs> the right." Is-
0: It's true. I mean, if there are fewer stores in the low income areas and they are always, they always charge more. Uh, They say it's because, well, we lose more bullshit. (laughs) You know, it's not that. It's because they have a captive audience and that's why uh, they were able to do that. And, uh, you know, to me, I can afford the buck. Right. You know,
1: if you Uh, need
0: it. uh, if i need it but a lot of other people probably can't the other thing here we have food city which is where i shop because i can afford it and it's it's like a a supermarket you would find anywhere it, it has my wife's tea there and things like that now i could go to walmart where it's a little bit cheaper or i can go to the dollar store yeah. where people think they're paying less, but what they're really doing is paying pretty much the same. They're just buying a small, getting a smaller amount for the money. Right. Um, they may not have noticed that yet, but uh, um, a lot of people do that. They, there's, there's probably every 10 feet around here, there's a dollar store of some sort. You know, There's like five or different kinds of them. Right. And you'll be driving along out in the middle of nowhere. Boom, there's a dollar store. I don't understand it. But uh, it seems to work for them as some sort of corporate strategy. And they're, they're actually impacting Walmart, for God's sake, <laughs> because they they charge a little bit less, but they also give you less. Well, you know, the
1: thing about it is, is when you don't have money, and I've been in that situation, when you don't have money and you need toothpaste, and toothpaste is a buck there now a buck 25 cuz i'll go into a dollar tree now and again um yeah you buy toothpaste there for a buck and yes it's smaller and you could probably get a better buy in a bigger tube in target but you don't have the money so you're forced yeah, to and buy what the target lesser.
0: does, right and target will make you buy two right they'll, right. Bun- they'll bundle them and not only they're more expensive individually but you got to buy two of them so yeah, right. you go to Dollar Tree instead, right?
1: I, I've had people say, "How does, how does Dollar Tree make any money?" Well, I have a, some inside info. When I used to buy and sell truckloads of things, I yeah. had one experience with Dollar Tree. I had three truckloads of little cans of jalapeno peppers. You know, they're they're sealed yeah. cans, okay? And they wanted to buy it for me, and I ended up selling it to them. Now, you know when they get it, they're going to sell it for a buck, right? Right. And my price was on it was like, you know, I was getting it for like 40 cents, and I was going to sell it for like 43 cents. I'm making pennies on the can, but there's a lot of cans, so I can make some money. Right. So you would think that if they can get it for under 50 cents – that would be a good buy for them. They're doubling their money. I granted they have other costs and stuff, but this is just one product and they were going to send it to all their. I was at 43 cents. They persisted to talk me down or try to talk me down. Again, my cost is 40 cents. Um, so they wanted to pay 41. Now, at a penny a can, I'm not making shit, and I'm not doing that deal because I'm not putting the time and taking the risk in this whole fucking thing for a penny. So now I have to go back to the source and say, look, I can get all this stuff gone today, but you got to give it to me at 38 cents. And they ham and haw for a little bit, and then they finally said, yeah, we got to get rid of these fucking jalapeno peppers. Sell it for 38 cents. I sold it to them for 41, and now they're 59 cents a profit off everything they sell. And these yeah. fuckers do it on everything they buy, everything they buy. They're making 60% profit, just about everything.
0: Yeah, and, you know, the, uh, the the corporate power, buying power influences other things, too. Walmart, for example, okay? Like several years ago, when Walmart was opening stores everywhere and so forth, they were going to people like uh, Toys R Us to get their toys. Right, the company, the parent company, you know, and Toys R Us had their own stores in malls and so forth. But uh, you know, being able to supply Walmart, big deal, right? Yeah,
1: yeah, okay? absolutely.
0: But uh, Walmart goes to them and they say, well, you know, you're manufacturing these in Cincinnati. You're these, uh, I don't know, uh, Elmo dolls.
1: Right.
0: You're manufacturing these in Cincinnati. Uh, you move that to to Kong- Hong Kong. Uh you can do it a lot cheaper and sell it to us for a lot cheaper and we'll both make out about like the bandits. We even have people who will help you do that. We've got the contacts over there for the factories that if you move your Elmo production to Taiwan, uh we'll all make out like bandits. And and of course uh Toys R Us said, Sure, why not? You well know, that's the yeah. deal.
1: That, That's absolutely what they do and and uh, the idea that you're bringing up, I had no idea that Kroger and Albertsons owned as many things, but that makes sense now. And they want to basically come together and control the price of food to you and I. That's a exactly. dangerous situation. They'll charge you whatever they can charge you because, well, they fucking can.
0: Well, right now, I, I saw this the other day. There are basically 15 corporations, and and you could even make the argument that it's five, that uh, control Food in this country, right? The price of it. There are things like Swanson's, who controls huge amounts of not just chicken, but all kinds of meat, and you know they have all these meat packing plants and so forth. So, and and Conagra and different ones. There's about we're going to say fifteen to be generous, but it it may be closer to five that actually do control what you pay for food, because uh, and and you can see it. I mean, my grocery bill um went from about seventy bucks a week is what I was paying. It's now I think the last time I went it was 180. Wow. And I got a few extra things that I don't normally get. So it's about doubled. Just about just about doubled in in the, the last you know year and a half, let's say. But when we moved back here, that's what I was paying at the grocery store for a typical visit and we buy a lot of the same things, so uh, about seventy dollars, and then yeah. we supplement that with takeout and go out, and that sort of thing. But uh, seventy dollars is now a minimum of one hundred and forty, and up to one hundred and eighty, uh, depending if I have to get mayonnaise and that kind of stuff that I don't buy every week. You know. Well,
1: well, that's the fucked up thing. You know, you go buy mayonnaise. It's fucking mayonnaise, and it's seven bucks.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: And 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 this isn't inflation. It was no. it was fucking high before inflation ever hit. Again, it's it's about price gouging, and because they can get away with it. I mean, I exactly. I, I go to a small store. It's a smaller chain. I think it's called Jubilee. Yeah. And, and people will always say, "But don't go to the small stores because you can't. It's more expensive than than Cub or Kroger or whatever." But guess what? It's not. It's not. If they're smart, they're going to drop below Cub and all that stuff because they're making a pretty good margin anyway. And these people are just ripping people off day in and day out, and they get away with it.
0: Well, yeah. And if you have, uh, let's see, I'm trying to think of a mayonnaise company other than Hellman's, but uh,
1: Miracle Whip. That's not mayonnaise, but you know no, people but think we'll it go is. With
0: that. Yeah, we'll go with that. And uh, um, there may be pennies difference. But there's collusion going on there, and you can't tell me there isn't. I mean, if it's like the old Gash war, if Hellman's wanted to suddenly drop their mayonnaise price by $2, they would sell all the mayonnaise. People right. would look $2 for this, $2 for that, roughly the same product, uh, same amount. I'm going with the $2 because Hellman's is a good brand, you know? Right. Well, they I mean- could do that, but they don't do that. And why don't they do that? <laughs> It's because they're in collusion, because they both, they dominate the market, the two of them. And uh, what they might do is buy the other one and not tell you.
1: <laughs> you 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 probably don't buy a lot of soda pop.
0: Uh, none I, anymore.
1: Yeah. I, I, I shouldn't, but I do. And uh, it's funny. It used to be I could walk into uh, Walgreens and buy three, pa- three 12 packs of pop for 10 bucks. Yep. Now well, the now the average 12 uh, the 12 pack is going for 7 to 8 bucks a pack. Yep. I mean it's like people who smoke cigarettes, you know, you used to be able to go buy a pack of cigarettes for 50 cents and now they're 10 bucks. There's going to come yeah. a point where there's got to be a saturation point where people just can't afford it anymore and they just don't fucking do it. And I know well, the you know, smoking is tailed I, off.
0: Yeah, it's, it has, but like the guy who was uh, Uh, you know, was strangled to death in New York several years ago for selling him one a a piece on the street. You know, that happens too. You know, I mean, the the real addicts, they will do what they need to do to get their cigarette, even if they have to pay a quarter a piece for them on the street, right?
1: That guy who was was choked to death and died on the street for selling individual cigarettes is basically a microcosm of 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 the Dollar Tree stores or the dollar stores yeah. because people couldn't afford a full pack, but they needed a cigarette for whatever reason. And they could buy two from this guy or one from this guy. Uh, and then again, it's poor people that, you know, take the beating. I mean, at some point we've got to be able to provide products and services at reasonable rates so everybody can afford it. You can't have these people scratching and scraping to buy baby formula or food or fucking medicine. You, You let that continue, and that's going to destroy the country and cause a lot of people to kick back. That's why I'm saying if we keep going the way we're going, there's going to be a rebellion. And I think even even the rich people understand that they got to keep it to the point where people don't fucking rebel. They will rebel if they can't afford food or healthcare or school or whatever.
0: Or they'll starve. I mean, if they're old and decrepit, they'll probably, you'll find them in are you know, living on the cat food and so forth, which we know does actually happen. I was just, uh, I saw a story the other day, uh, where, well, what got it all started, of course, was, uh, uh, the Green Bay quarterback uh, getting poverty money to... Brett Favre. Uh, Brett Favre. You know, he was, they gave him a million dollars to do some speaking that he never did, and they gave him even more millions to build a volleyball... Um, um, whatever you call it, facility for uh, his daughter. Um, well, it, it, it seems that Tennessee has... Uh, they've been saving their money, too. They had seven... Seven hundred ninety million dollars of poverty money just lay in there that they have not spent, yeah. and uh, they 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 were saying, "Well, we're, we're going to spend it. We're, we're going to spend it now." But that that's what happens. See, they have this big chunk of money, and and they find ways to wheedle it away. Because they, uh, and I blame Bill Clinton for this. I've never been a Clinton fan, and I really blame him for this. And that was welfare reform. It used to be aid to families with dependent children, right? Right. It was a federal program, and uh, people called it welfare, whatever you want to call it. And now, they, under Bill Clinton, they, uh, they put in a work requirement. They put in a time requirement. And a lot of people don't know this. They think there are people that sit on welfare their whole lives. It's a five-year deal uh, total. You can, only, you can only receive this for five years in your entire life. And now it's called temporary aid to families with children, right? right. But it's delivered to the states as a block grant. With no restrictions on it, other than it's supposed they're supposed to use it. They give them three general guidelines. One is to reduce child poverty. Poverty. Another is to get people into the workforce. It it's just very general things, and they allow the states to determine how they do it. Well, what they do is don't do it. Number one, they disqualify most people um, because whatever you know they say you're not eligible because and they find some reason to make them not eligible uh for example um a, a, a woman has four children with a guy who decides to just abscond right and maybe they never tied the knot okay right. well you know you got to have a work requirement so she's got to have a work. she got to work at the dollar store for eight bucks an hour whatever and her kids uh you know, why, what does she do with with her kids? You've got to do something. She've got to. Usually, it winds up they. If she's lucky, she's got a grandmother or something she can do it with. But anyway, they wind up not being able. They don't. There's so many restrictions. Either you've been on welfare for five years, or you you can't do the work requirement or whatever it may be. So they they don't spend this money, and it just sits there, growing and growing and growing over the years, and then they find ways to. They come up with some bogus program to siphon it off. And usually it's to a contractor who's related to them or something like that. But this is a huge scandal nationwide. And, and if, if, if Brett Favre hadn't screwed up and, and they hadn't found out about that, probably nobody would have even noticed. But we right. gotta, we got to keep our eye on this ball because it's happening in every state, especially especially the states that get more from the government than they send back. And that states, most of them are in the South and the West, Who and uh, states like Minnesota, where, where I used to live and where you live, they always pay more in taxes to the federal government than they get back in services. Right. Well, that's they're taking that Minnesota money, they're taking money out of your pocket, and you used to out of my pocket, and they're handing it to states, these states, and it does no good. Well, you know, you're being being robbed. What
1: you're what you're describing is very similar to to what despots and dictators do. I mean, over the years, we've heard about starving countries in Africa or wherever. And of course, America steps up and gives them some money, but it never trickles down to the people. It just goes in the war chest of the leader. And for all intents and purposes, that's exactly what's happening in Tennessee and other states around the country based on what you've described.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's very easy. I mean, um, Marsha Blackman, For example, the senator here, she's on Twitter all the time. That's all she does is or some some one of her people probably is putting out these tweets about Joe Biden day in and day out, 20, 50 a day, whatever. But uh, she somehow or other got state money funneled to her daughter and son-in-law who have like a construction company or something like that. And this is the way they do it. You know, this contract is awarded to them. It's probably a no-bid or whatever. And this this goes on all the time. Even if they are doing something that looks legitimate to try to, to help people get into the workforce, it's always some crony of theirs that's getting the money, and it really amounts to nothing.
1: I need to go off track here a little bit. Something just came up on 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 the wire, as they say. And uh-huh. you know that the January Sixth Committee voted to send Donald Trump a subpoena. Well, to, today they sent the subpoena, so I it's out there. It's All out right. there, and he has the subpoena now. And what's interesting, I've been reading reading articles that are talking about how they're talking about negotiating with Donald Trump's people to get him to testify which i find interesting i don't think in any way that he's going to show up and testify his lawyers no, his won't his
0: lawyers have anything to do with it
1: no he won't do it but here's what i'm supposing they might be doing we're going to negotiate ask for the fucking world the j6 committee says cuz they didn't think he was going to testify either and the J6 committee is saying, no, we're not doing all that shit for you. And then then Donald Trump will say, well, I really wanted to testify, but they're hiding stuff. They won't let me do this. He's trying to do it for the perception of all this. He'll never testify. Uh-huh. That's one possibility. Or maybe he thinks he's such a fucking genius and he's overridden the lawyers and he really wants to testify. And uh, he doesn't realize he'll fucking destroy himself when he does. I don't know which it is. I think the previous, but I wouldn't get too excited about Donald Trump testifying. That's not going to happen. Now, when the DOJ starts calling, that's a different story. And they yeah. will start calling if they haven't well, already.
0: That, yeah, I, um, there There's so many irons in the fire that are moving in the right direction right now. Now, I wish they could happen before the election. I don't think they will. Uh, And it's going to be an interesting time between Thanksgiving and Christmas. I got a feeling. It
1: will be. And, you know, I, I think a lot of people have suggested this and I don't disagree. People keep saying, well, there's enough to indict Donald Trump. Why don't you indict Donald Trump or all those people around them? Merrick Garland is such a rule follower. He's meticulous. He's methodical. I honestly believe as soon as the elections is over, we're gonna start seeing indictments. At least before Christmas, I would think. But we're gonna see a shitstorm of indictments, because it's not just Donald Trump, it's all the fucking people around him, the Jenny Thomases, the, the fucking Mark Meadows, those people.
0: Yeah, but the seven who ask for pardons, I, I would think would be a focus. I mean, they've essentially essentially admitted that they did something illegal, why else would you ask for a pardon, right?
1: Well, and the fact of the matter is, if you accept a pardon, part of the deal is acknowledging that you broke the law. So <clears throat> if they want a pardon, they must be willing to acknowledge they broke a law. Which law that is, I don't know, but clearly they've got something in their mind because they've got to get a pardon they didn't get the pardon, and now they're fucked. Yeah, they're probably going to be the main focus over and above Donald Trump when it comes down to handing out
0: indictments. Would that not mean that they could then be removed from Congress? I would think.
1: Well, there you go. That's the interesting thing. (laughs) You know, if they're using the 14th Amendment, we can talk about being expelled from Congress. Yep. So my question is, if we have the midterms, and the Republicans gained some ground in the House. But now we're in a situation to expel ten Republican House members. How does that change anything? I presume somebody will 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 appoint somebody to fill out their terms, uh, that'll also be Republican, but at least we'll get the crazy fucks out of there.
0: Well, will it see this is the thing. Uh um... It depends on the state they're from, because there's a lot of governors' races going down that are very close. Right. So if let let's say it's a Republican governor now, but after uh, after ter- first of the year, it's a Democratic governor, and they're thrown out of, then he can appoint anybody he wants to.
1: Well, that's exactly right. I mean, here in Minnesota, uh, you'll remember when Hubert Humphrey died. Yeah. You remember who they appointed? Oh, immediate, immediately thereafter, they appointed Muriel Humphrey, his wife.
0: That's right. Absolutely. And she filled that out. Yeah, for sure. But then you remember that.
1: Then at some point, our governor, Wendell Anderson, essentially appointed himself. And I'm not I don't remember that have to do with Humphrey or not. I don't know. But basically, he resigned the governorship, had the lieutenant governor who became the governor appoint him to the Senate. And he got all kinds of fighting yeah, that.
0: Yeah, and he only served one term, and the governor also got uh, dumped. That was yeah. Rudy Purpich, wasn't it?
1: I, I think it I think it was Rudy Purpich, yeah. Absolutely. But I
0: think he came back. He came back later again, if I remember
1: right. Oh, they always come back. They yeah. lick their wounds for a while, they let people forget, and then they come back. Uh, so yeah. it's gonna be interesting. The 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 midterm are going to be telling if the Republicans lose, uh, that's fine. But when you look at somebody like Marjorie Taylor Greene, she's in such a red fucking district. Marcus Flowers is her competitor, a very upright guy, former veteran, very sharp, very intelligent. He should win. He's got two things going against him. He's a Democrat and he's black. And 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 Marjorie Taylor Greene – Yeah, and Marjorie Taylor Greene is shit crazy, which is right in their wheelhouse.
0: Yep, for sure. Uh, it's possible if we get the blue wave, and I do still think it's possible, with uh, the red, the, the bump in registration we got after Roe, and if they follow through and vote, as they should, uh, there's a good chance that we will hold on to the House and the Senate. And if that's the case, then I think we're set for for two years to get a lot done, and also uh, it might just be the end of the Republican Party um, as an effective uh, party, because I think the crazies and the moderates then will get into just gigantic, huge fight to try to save the party, and we'll see what happens.
1: Well, you know, even if the Republicans win the House in this, I think the end of the Republican Party is imminent, because the next two years with the trials and the DOJ and such, um, you're going to you're going to have people go into jail. Things are going to be exposed. Um, the Republican Party is not going to come out of this looking very well. Somebody somebody suggested to me somebody to run for president for Democrats that nobody else has mentioned. And I kind of like the fucking idea. It would be ironic. Not Gavin Newsom, not Katie Porter. I think Katie Porter may be a little young to do this, but you know who would be a perfect presidential candidate? Fucking Al Franken. He got jobbed when he left office, and he's probably he was probably one of the smartest motherfuckers in the Senate.
0: Oh, absolutely. I'm a huge Al fan. I don't know if it's time yet. He might have to do a, a vice before he does a president. I don't know. See, I see Katie also as a good vice presidential candidate. Um, I'm sorry he didn't pick her instead of Kamala. To be honest with you.
1: Yeah, true. I think
0: she, she's she's uh, sharper than than. My. Boy, there's a ticket for you, Al and Katie.
1: Yeah, that would be crazy. You know, there's another prospect though, based on, especially since the, the the talks I've seen him give,
0: Jamie Raskin. Oh yeah, yeah, he's another possible vice presidential candidate. I don't see it as a president. Uh, I could be wrong. I don't know. Eric He's Swalwell. Certainly...
1: Eric Swalwell. Uh, so, He's a young guy, maybe a vice president.
0: Yeah, yeah. And uh, and you know, on the, uh, it's too bad that we're losing. Well, I'm not going to say that because I I could never support Liz Cheney because of her politics. Right. I I would I I do I do give her tremendous respect for her stance uh, against Trump, but she still votes with Trump 90% of the time, 99% of the time. Uh, And I I just can't, I could not ever vote for someone who does that, but uh, I I do respect her.
1: I don't think we're going to see a red wave. I think we're going to see a blue wave. And I have one question is we're about ready to wrap this up. Uh, If we get the blue wave, Will the Democrats follow through with all the things they say they're doing? Or if they get enough power, will they lay back? Like, will they really want to get rid of the filibuster? At that point, if they aren't worried about the filibuster hurting them now, will they want to get rid of it? Because I know they're afraid that when the Republicans get it, well, then the Democrats love the fucking filibuster. I, 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 I'm worried about, I'm worried about a big blue wave because I'm worried about the Democrats becoming complacent. The only thing that would save that is they want to win the 2024 election. So if they accomplish a bunch of stuff in the next two years, it's going to make it easier to get a Democratic president.
0: Absolutely. If we take the midterms, I predict we'll also take the presidency in 2024, if if the Republicans can't scuttle the uh, and the corporations can't scuttle the economy more than they already are. Uh, we've seen that they were willing to take a hit in the 70s to shut down production here and start it up overseas. It took years to claw back from that. and and But they knew that once they did, they would have smooth sailing with no interruptions and be able to uh, basically accumulate all the money they wanted to. It was a risk on their part to a degree, but they were willing to do it. Um, are they willing to take another hit to get rid of Biden? I don't know. I don't know if they're that stupid. But remember, no corporation is an American corporation anymore. They are all multinationals. They have no loyalty to any country. It's where the only loyalty is to profit.
1: Right. That's
0: what to remember about a corporation.
1: Absolutely. All right, Ed, we're running out of time here. Uh, I want to thank you for stopping by and spending some time. It's been a little while since we talked, so I'm glad we're able to catch up. Well, I'm back to a normal schedule next week. I presume you are too, so we can get back on a regular track, uh, next week and there'll be plenty of shit to talk about.
0: No doubt. Yeah. I should be good. Take care. All
1: right. All right. Thanks very much, Ed. Those of you listening, I appreciate you taking the time to listen. I hope you have a great day and we'll, we'll talk to you again tomorrow.
0: Thanks for listening to the rational boomer podcast.